Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his good friend and CEO of Hemlane, Dana. How you doing, Dana? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. I love, look forward to our conversations every couple of weeks because of my expert series, you're the landlord, you're like me, we can talk about what's really going on. So uh, you fit a very nice niche on my channel. So thank you very much. Great. So what I thought we should talk about today is uh, over 70% of folks self-manage, right? They can't afford a property manager or choose not to. Uh, so I thought we should talk about where, where some self-managers fall down. I think maybe we'll do two or three each. Uh, and ladies first, we'll let, you, we'll let you throw the first one out. All right. The biggest one I think is not valuing your time. And so when you have that property manager line item on your Mm -hmm. P&L, a lot of people put it at zero and they say, I don't have a property manager, so I'm not, there's no money spent, right? Um, Your time is really valuable, right? So, I mean, lawyers know exactly what their time Mm -hmm. is worth. They all sit there and are like, this is costing me $700 every time I talk to you, Dana, right? Like personal relationships. Yeah, yeah. But most of us don't have, you know, what's my time worth? And the easiest way to do it is take your salary and divide it by how many hours you work in a year. And then you kind of know what your billable rate is. Mm -hmm. That might be an easy way to do it. But if you are going to self-manage, I actually haven't seen anyone do this. I'd love to, in the comments, hear someone say, oh, yeah, I do put my time into that um, spreadsheet. But really understanding, tracking one, how much time. And then multiplying that time by your billable rate to see how much is it really costing you? Because you might be surprised that you're more inefficient than a property manager and it is costing you way more time. Folks, I want to take this as a challenge in the comments below of this video. A, are you tracking time? And B, do you put a rate on your time? Comments below. And if you're not, maybe a couple of you can do that for the next month or two and let us know what you find out. I'm sure Dana would love to talk to you. That's a great idea. Uh, so the next one for me is um, they treat tenants like friends or worse family, right? Mm-hmm. I still know some self some self managers that they don't even have a real lease, right? There's still handshakes yeah. going on. Uh, the one reason that we were able to get through the pandemic relatively unscathed is our tenant selection criteria, right? Very tight box. You're either in or out the box, and frankly, the box probably got even tighter uh, during the the crisis. So. Um, this is a business. Yes, you want to be friends with them and you're, I get it. It's a business. Treat it as a business. Um, if you don't, you will eventually get got. There are professional tenants. Uh, it will be an unpleasant experience. You will lose a lot of money. You will get a lot of gray hair and you will wonder what is wrong with people. But you made the mistake. It yeah. is your property. It is your business. Run it as a business. So that's that's one I still see too often. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. And that goes on to actually my second one, which is very similar in the sense it's becoming emotional with Mm. the property. Like this is a business and something goes wrong. And there's suddenly this emotion where like, it's hard for you to sleep. Like I've heard landlords say, I haven't been able to sleep because of this really stressful um, situation with my tenant. Mm-hmm. And it, it should be run like a business. You should have a very concrete lease. I mean, to your example, some don't have leases yeah. um, or very concrete ones, but there should always be a lease where you say, okay, what do we do in this situation? What did we both agree to of how this should be handled? And if it's not in your lease saying, okay, I'm not going to get emotional about it. I'm going to deal with it. And my next lease is going to 100% 
exactly let me know and the tenant know how the situation would be handled. And um, I think that is really important because that emotion, actually putting time on that, it's a lot more than just time. It's like your health, it's yeah. everything. And I see way too many landlords jump out of the business, especially ones with one to two units. Yeah, That's where I see them jump out because they get emotional because you're right. They, they've become friends with their tenants. They've let their tenants get by with things that you know, we're in the lease and they kind of were lenient on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, my second one would be the emotional part of it. Yeah. One thing I tell people all the time, whether it's stocks, crypto, or, or real estate, if your investments are keeping you up at night, that's a sign that, that something's mm -hmm. wrong. Go, go fix that. Um, you're over leveraged under, I mean, something it's you're, you, it, when your investments keep you up, life is hard enough. When your investments keep you up at night, that's not a good thing. Uh, so, so work on fixing that. So my number two is where, um, where it is so easy to fall down. And again, this maybe is my silly accounting brain and that is audit trail, mm. right? Uh, audit trail, the ability to go back and not only look at what happened last week, last month, but it, in theory, you're going to have these portfolios for years or decades, the ability to go back and Hey, what happened in like, for me, like I had a water heater go out on a unit the other day and you know, if I can go back and say, did we ever, did we ever replace it before? Oh, by the way, because again, again, I own a lot of stuff. So I have two houses on one street and I remembered replacing the water heater on the street. And I thought it was this house. Turns out it was the other house on yeah. the same street. You know, so again, ability to go back years audit trail and not only audit trail for expenses, which was that example, but also communications, right? If you're self-managing, communicating, not only posting notices and this, it's just, the audit trail that is provided by applications today are so much better than I had 20 years ago, which was email in Excel. I mean, it's just light years ahead. So audit trail needs to be appreciated. And again, it's in your 30 day trial that you give people play with the audit trail, play with communications. It's uh, it's, it's wild. Um, the ability to go back. Yeah. And I actually really, I, what I love about that one is it takes the emotion out of it mm -hmm. because the moment that you say something went wrong, you're looking at the numbers, and so you say something went wrong, you can go back to an audit trail mm -hmm. and say exactly what happened, what went wrong in that mm -hmm. situation and how did I learn from it? And how can I make sure this doesn't happen again? Yep. Yeah, yeah great. Like All right, great. one more. One more. So my third one is about setting expectations up front. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're self-managing, that means you're 24 seven, right? So in other words, a tenant calls you at 2 a.m. and they say it's an emergency, you need to be picking up that call. And um, while, while that doesn't happen that frequently, it definitely does happen. You, and it's stressful to keep your phone on at night. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's setting expectations up front um, to your tenants who are your customers of one, when should they expect to hear back from you on standard repair requests? When should they expect um, to, what is the turnaround time for emergencies? When should they call for an emergency? What's considered an emergency? versus an urgent request. Like if they're calling at 2 a.m. in the morning, does it fit? What box does it fit in that they should be calling? Because if it's something such as, you know, my, um, my weather stripping is coming off and there's 
no active flooding or, or leaks. It's like, mm, well, you probably don't need to call me at 6am in, in the morning on a yeah. Saturday about this, especially if you're in a different time zone, it's 9am for them and 6am for you. Ooh, yeah. Um. So really setting those expectations of your hours, what to expect, what turnaround times are, mm-hmm. and what types of um, situations they should bring to you. Because if you set that upfront process with each one of your tenants and they agree to it, it makes it where then when you do get that call, it's within a reasonable, it's reasonable, right? And you're not thinking, oh gosh, why did I just get that call? And I I didn't need to. Um, So really setting those expectations up front, I think it goes with both repair requests and um, lease violations and um, noise complaints and things like that. But I would also say it goes with setting those expectations of here's the lease agreement. Did you read it? I can't tell you how many tenants, if you look at their time spent on like docu DocuSign, how quickly they scroll to the bottom and just sign. <laughs> they didn't even read the document. And, um, you know, it's the unfortunate nature of, um, of how, I mean, it's good that people trust you. Um, your tenants trust you when they sign that lease, but it's also important to say, can you make sure you saw this delete fee? Yeah. Can you make sure initial, that you saw initial, this? Initial, yeah. yeah. And so I think from that perspective, I would just um, say that if you can set up as many upfront processes and procedures and share that with your customer, the tenant, um, both of you will have a much better experience. Yeah. The last one for me is the connection between move in and move out, Mm -hmm. right? When they move in, um, everybody's happy. They're excited to be there. You're excited to have them. Uh, They've also given you a deposit, at least in most cases. Mm-hmm. Know this, they expect that deposit back in most cases, a hundred percent. Now, in most cases, at least for me, there are years between move in and move out. Yeah. If you don't have that down documented pictures, initials, you know, like how it moved in and how it moved out, uh, you're just the, the nonsense that you unfortunately have to go through. And as a landlord, most of the time you will give in and just give back maybe more than you should have that tight, have that pictures, have the same process, have the same procedure, show them this, that don't do like you always say, don't paint the place yourself. Cause then how do you know what the value is? It's you've got to treat move in, move out as connected activities. Unfortunately, they're connected likely over years. Uh, but I promise you as a landlord, you will have move outs. And if you don't tie those together, uh, you could be out uh, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. So uh, that's, that's the last one for me. Yeah, and I love that connection piece because um, the connection I don't think of just as the move in and move out. I think of it as even your annual or biannual inspections that you do, that you can sit there and tell them, especially if they're going to be there, if it's a single family home, they're going to be there three plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from that perspective, telling them like, okay, just as a heads up, I know you're not moving out and we're signing another year lease, but we would recommend fixing these things that are broken or there's these big dents in the wall. Mm. We recommend getting these fixed because upon move out, we would charge for these. Yep. And we know you're not moving out, but like, it's better to fix now. And that way, just so you know, (laughs) everything doesn't fall on that last day, which by the way, moves are so much work. No one knows how much stuff they have until they move. Um, and, and then it becomes stressful because they're trying to do that, trying to clean. And, um, so I couldn't agree more on that last one. Very cool, Dana. Well, again, folks, uh, Hemlane has a 30 day POC, which you can get at hemlane.com. More importantly, she has a PDF in my free course about how to execute the 30-day trial. And if you are in my paid course, you have a special treat. She's done a whole video series about how to go through the 30-day trial. And I strongly recommend you do that. 
A lot of you are new to the course. You have your buy box and you're doing the work and you're asking what else to do. Well, if you got to do some other stuff, I suggest practicing being a landlord and going and getting the POC. So Dana, thank you very much for everything. Great. Thanks, Michael. Mm -hmm.